rest upon your feet. We'd like for you to join us in singing hymn 433. Uh, 433. Hymn 433. I believe we'll just do the uh, first and last verses along with the chorus. Hymn 433. Sing along. I have heard of a land on the far away strand. Tis the beautiful home of the soul. Built by Jesus on high. May we never shall die. Tis a land where we'll never grow old. And never grow old. Never grow old. In a land where we'll never grow old. And never grow old. Never grow old. your neighbor as we uh, prepare for tonight's Bible study. Take time out right now to greet your neighbor. Percy. that everybody's here this this evening. If you're a visitor here and you did not get a visitor card, if you're a first-time visitor tonight and you did not get a visitor card, if you'll uh, slide your hand up, we're going to ask you to fill out the visitor card. Just If you'll put your hand up, you never, did you get a visitor card? Then I ask you to fill it out. After the service, out in the foyer, there's a place that says welcome. I'll be out at that desk. I have a gift bag for you. And I understand you all turned one in. Did you get a gift bag? I will oh. be there, so I'll give you guys a gift bag tonight. Say it again. I was causing trouble everywhere I go. But we're, yeah, amen. So I, we're glad that you're here. Thank you for coming and being a part of our service. Welcome amen. to Central, or Central Park. Baptist amen. Daniel chapter 4. Thank you, Brother Marco. Well, I'm glad Miss Eva's back. <laughs> Daniel chapter 4, I'm just kidding. Daniel chapter 4, kind of. Daniel chapter 4, if you turn in your Bible, all right, him, it, page 1040, if you need, you know, just in case. Daniel chapter 4, and uh, we'll begin, let's uh, start in verse 
30, all right? Daniel chapter 4 and verse 30, and we'll read down through the end of the chapter, okay? Found your place, amen. amen. The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was uh, in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken. The kingdom is departed from thee. What an awakening. And they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. The same hour was the thing fulfilled unto Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men, and did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hairs were grown like eagles' feathers, and his nails like birds' claws. And at the end of the days, uh, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? At the, time, at the same time my reason return unto me, and for the glory of my kingdom mine honor and brightness return unto me, and my counselors and my Lord sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all whose words are truth and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. Father, help us this evening, and I pray, God, as we continue through this end of this chapter of Daniel, you, you'll again speak to our hearts, and may our thoughts be turned toward heaven today, and God, again, I pray that we'll just empty ourselves of self for just a few minutes, and Lord, we'll allow you to speak to us in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, if you remember last week, we talked about Nebuchadnezzar. We left off. He's come, walked back into the palace, and we read that in verse 30, and he started patting himself on the back. You know, he's having himself a, a little uh, party, if you will, in his own heart, in his own mind. And he's, he starts boasting about all his accomplishments and how great he is and how great the works that he has done and how great Babylon was, all because of his work. Then in mid-sentence, in verse 31, uh, God spoke and Nebuchadnezzar's judgment started. Look in verse 31. Let's read that. It says, While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken. The kingdom is departed from thee. And we'll read the rest of that later. But notice immediately the kingdom was gone. Immediately. I mean, Babylon. Now, Babylon's still Babylon, right? Uh, I mean, Babylon is still ruling the the known world at that time. But guess, but Nebuchadnezzar's not at the helm. Uh, he's not on the throne. And this is the first lesson that Nebuchadnezzar has to learn. 
In fact, if you look back in verse 29, it says at the end of 12 months, he walked in at the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. I mean, Nebuchadnezzar, he, he hasn't learned any lessons to this point. But, but you know, it's a, a kind of an ironic thing and, and amazing, uh, and if you will, that uh, when God speaks, people have a tendency to listen. Yeah. I mean, uh, and if they don't listen, he'll fix it to where you have to listen. Well, God simply spoke, and, and, and the, the kingdom was gone. Right. Uh, and, and by the way, God doesn't have any struggle whatsoever with setting people up or setting people down. I mean, uh, he just simply speaks, and, and it's done. I mean, after all, he spoke, and, and the stars were, came into existence. He spoke, and there was the moon. He spoke, there was the earth. I mean, uh, he just simply spoke, and there it was. He, he made something out of nothing simply because he spoke. Well, th listen, well, God still speaks today. Uh, I mean, he, one, he speaks to us through the Word of God, but he still speaks to us through the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. And the reason why we don't hear him a lot of times is we're just too busy to hear. Uh, in fact, we've probably got one of them things stuck in our ear, like we talk about Sunday. You know, and we can't hear. I was talking to somebody, and, and this just happened yesterday. I was talking to somebody, and, and I said, I, I said, bye, and this stuff, you know, and, and they, they looked at me, and they said, oh, I'm sorry, did you say something? And when they turned their head, they have one of these stupid things in their ear, and they were talking to somebody on the phone. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking, get that thing out of your ear. Well, listen, God help us to, to put ourselves in a place where we can listen and hear God when he speaks to us. Uh, so God spoke, and Nebuchadnezzar is no longer the king. Look at verse 32. It says, and, and they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be. Now, God's still pronouncing judgment on him. Now, and, and notice, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's insane behavior made it necessary for they, if you look in verse, two, verse 32, and they, that's the people in the, in the palace, uh, they, they drive him out. In other words, listen, somebody's insane around you, I'm, I mean, you're going to either push them out or you're going to get away from them. Well, the people in the palace, they, they didn't get away. They pushed him out. And they couldn't tolerate somebody to be king who'd lost their mind. And, and he did just like God said. He was acting like a beast. So he's driven into the fields with the animals. He's driven out of the palace, into the pasture. And once outside the palace, listen, he got down on his hands and knees and started acting like an animal just like God said. Listen, when God says something's going to happen, guess what's going to happen? Exactly what God says is going to happen. So he's driven out of the palace. And, now, and, and look at verse 32 again, and we, we notice uh, his dwelling, or whose companions are. It says, uh, it says, Thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as an auction. Now, now it's, they circled that deal about him eating grass. It's in there more than once. All right? It says, And seven times shall pass over thee until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. So his, his companions are no longer people. Now he went from a pretty swanky place and, and people clamoring to be around him to where he's out here and, and the only friends he's got is a bunch of animals. Now I like animals. I like dogs. My kids have dogs. I don't have any, and I like it that way. 
I grew up with dogs. I had basset hounds. I had everything. I had a German Shepherd, basset hounds. I had uh, uh, dachshunds. I mean, I loved them. I just didn't like cleaning up after them. And that was my job, mine and my brothers, you know. And I, so, you know, I, so I like dogs. I'll come over to your house and I'll pet them. But you know what? I'm glad they're yours and not mine. Uh, well, listen, well, Nebuchadnezzar, his friends now are just a bunch of animals. And, and notice again what he has to eat. It's grass. He's eating th the same thing animals eat. Now, listen, he's the king. And, and, and the Bible says three times, if you circle them, about his diet. And so he's out here. He's on all fours. He's acting like an animal. He's eating grass like an animal. And if you ever notice that the Bible doesn't tell us about anybody coming out of the palace out there to check on him and say, hey, are you hungry? Or, man, I mean, really, I mean, come on, king. I mean, they knew he was the king. He'd been king for a while. And yet there's nobody that comes out of the palace, people that were his friends. I mean, people that, that no doubt that he probably helped somewhat, I mean, as much as he did, as much as his pride would allow him to help them. But nobody's come out of there and said, man, alive, is that what you got to eat? Well, here's something from the, from the palace. No, not one. Listen, God made sure that his judgment stood and nobody was going to get in the way. Sometimes when people are facing God's judgment, it'd be the best thing for you and I to do is to leave them alone. Because if God's trying to teach them something, me and you getting in their way or trying to help them out a little bit, we may be getting in God's way trying to do some, you know, trying to help them a little bit. Yeah. When nobody comes out, nobody tries to help them, and nobody tries to give them anything to eat. Uh, and, and it's amazing, by the way. Have you ever noticed how you have friends when you got money and you got stuff, but when the money and the stuff's gone, guess what? Yeah, the friends are gone too. I, I still remember in high school, as long as I had gas in my car, I had friends. You know, we'd ride around the drag all the time, what we called it, you know. And, and man, I'm telling you, we'd drive around and, and we'd park at the high school parking lot. And, man, they'd come get in the car and we'd drive around. But as soon as the gas run out, I said, hey, I got to go home. And you know what they said? You know why We got to go home too. You know why? They didn't want to use their gas. Listen, there's a lot of people like that today. As long as you, you know, as long as you foot the bill. And by the way, there's a lot of people that are willing to live off of God's blessings in your life because they don't want to do the right thing to get God's blessings in their life. So here they are. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar's out there and, and uh, he's eating grass and, and he's going to do it. And, and notice for how long. The Bible says till seven times... The time indicates seven years or seven repeated seasons. And according to Nebuchadnezzar, and according to history, now this was kind of ironic, or I say ironic, but this shows you how the Bible said, teaches us that sin is a hard taskmaster. Okay? Uh, and if you go and, and study a little history, history tells us that once Nebuchadnezzar got his sanity back, he only lived another year. One year. You know what that lets me know? That those seven years that he spent out there, uh, listen, uh, eating uh, grass like an animal, living out in the pastures like an animal, that was tough on the body. Listen, I want you to know sin is a hard taskmaster. 
I have met people, and, 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 and I was watching a documentary on one time where they were trying to get people off the street, and there were, there were these uh, two young men that lived in a box over a manhole cover in New York, and they came and they told these two young men, listen, uh, if, you'll, if you'll come off the street, we'll put you in a, a, a rehab place to help you to get some help to get off of drugs. You know what they said? We don't want to go. You know why? Because when you're through a sin, sin not always through with you. And then they went and talked to this woman. She was in a stoop, you know, in a, where a door and a step is. And she was all, it was cold, and she was all uh, uh, kind of hunched up together trying to stay warm. And they began to talk to her, and she looked like she was 75 or 80 years old. She was a heroin addict. And they began to talk to her, and it come to find out she was about 50. Listen, she looked like she was on the, the end of her, you know why? Sin. Sin is a hard taskmaster. And, and we're noticing this same thing with Nebuchadnezzar. He has spent seven years out here in, uh, under the judgment of Almighty God. And, and, and they only lived one year after his sanity came back. Listen, the last years of his life wasn't, think about this, the last years of his life were not spent, or the, excuse me, one year was spent in honor of the throne, only one, and, and he wasted seven years. Why is it that so often that people have to hit go lower than the bottom before they realize that the only way to get out of it is to look up? Why? Listen, we don't have to get that way. We don't have to go that far down. But the thing that keeps us is the same thing that kept Nebuchadnezzar, and it's pride. Pride. Um, notice the teaching. He says, until, God says, until thou know that the Most High ruleth. See, the years and the learning, they had to be accomplished. Um, you know, I don't think God made him stay out there seven years. I just think God knew it would take him seven years. Yeah, I mean, God knows everything, but he, he knows who we are. Uh, you know, sometimes if God's got us in a, uh, going through a judgment to try to get us back, you know, the, the length of time we stay out there is up to us. I mean, I, I, would have, I mean, if, we, if Nebuchadnezzar would have come to himself and said, you know what, God, says until, God said, until you know that I'm the Most High, Listen, until you know that, that you're going to stay out there. Well, if Nebuchadnezzar would have swallowed his pride and he'd have come back and said, you know, God, listen, I'm telling you, I don't want to be out here anymore. But sometimes we have what I call a foxhole confession. You know, trouble's going and uh, all the bombs are going off and things are just falling to pieces and we just want out for one reason because we don't want to be out there and, you know, we're not going to acknowledge him in our life and we're not going to, you know, we're not willing to do right. We just want out of trouble. God, if you'll get me out of here. No, that don't happen. Well, God knew, and here's Nebuchadnezzar, until that he knows that the Most High ruleth. I mean, listen, when God's judgment comes in the lives of people and Christians, uh, again, uh, our, the duration of the judgment is up to you and I. You know, and I've said this a lot of times. When we're going through something, instead of asking God, Lord, why am I? Don't ask why. Ask what? Lord, not why am I here. Ask what do you want me to learn? 
Listen, what do you want me to see? I, listen, if I'm getting into something, I want to know right then. I'll ask God right then, Lord, if you'll show me right now what you want me to learn, I think I might be able to get it. He don't put it up here on a high shelf where you can't reach it or understand it. He's put it all right in here where we can all get it. Amen. We can all understand it. But here's Nebuchadnezzar. He's, he's out there. And I mean, if you go back to previous chapters and you read, it even talks about the voice of heaven. It, it repeats the divine decree that's going on, which shows us, listen, that God's word does not change. Amen. Does not. Uh, we're not going to change it. I mean, they've tried to rewrite it, but you know what? The Bible, God says that his word's forever settled in heaven. Amen. It's already God's already took care of that. Notice verses 28 through verse 33, the conditions. And I thought this was interesting because when you read these verses, these are all written in the third person. And the reason is because Nebuchadnezzar is not in his right mind. Okay? I mean, uh, the rest of the chapter is written in first person. Uh, and, and if you look in these verses, I want to show you, I, I thought, you know, Nebuchadnezzar is kind of a hostage. And because if you look up the definition of a hostage, a hostage uh, is one who is involuntarily controlled by an outside influence. Nebuchadnezzar, watch, God said that he would be driven out by men, and that's exactly what took place. They drove him out, and it tells us that he's not in control. He lost control when he lost his sanity, and now he's pushed around by the will of others. Listen, watch. Failure to submit to God's will cost Nebuchadnezzar his influence. Listen, failure for me and you to submit to God's will in our life will cost us more than what we want to allow to get away from us. It'll cost you your influence for one. Same thing with Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, uh, and I thought, are we really in control? Even if we think we are, are we really? I don't think so. We think we are, but no. God's in control of all this. He allows us to move with liberty, but God moves things like he wants, not like what we want. Uh, men like to rebel against God to show that they're in control, you know. Uh, I mean, kids do that. You know, growing up, you know what they want to do? You know, I'm in control. My daughter used to say, I can do what I want. I'm grown. Okay, go on out there and see how long it takes. Yeah, and then it wasn't too long. It was like, Daddy, I need some help. You know, I, I, I mean, when we think we're in control, we better be careful. Nebuchadnezzar's a good example right here. He he was he got the, and he started opening his mouth and boasting about all he had done. Listen, you know what? He he did it because God allowed him to do it. And he took all the credit for himself, but God says, no, I don't think so. I mean, men like to think they're in control, but they're not. Uh, but when they think they're in control, the, the thing that's about to happen is God's judgment, just like what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. Look in verse 33. Um, this is the third time. Remember, we're told here in verse 33 that uh, in chapter 4, we're told that Nebuchadnezzar's eating grass. Have you ever ate grass? Well, I haven't. If you ate grass, something's the matter with you. <laughs> I'm not a, if I ate it, it wasn't on purpose. 
Listen, here's Nebuchadnezzar. He's, I mean, how satisfying do you think grass is if you eat it? Not so much. No, I don't, you know, I mean, I'll eat a bologna sandwich, and I like bologna. Oh, I'm telling you, when I was a kid, I used to go to this little store by the church, and that our house was right next to it, and and these nice old people, they would always give me, they'd, if the bologna was about to run out, they'd give me the ends of those bologna things. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, it was about that big. And I'm telling you, the, the wrapping was still on it. And I'm, oh, man, I'm tell, I would, I'd be walking around and my, my brother would say, where'd you get that? The deering gave it to me, you know, and, it, you know, and they'd say, can I have some? Nope. <laughs> you know, it's mine. But listen, I'm telling you, uh, grass is, it's not very satisfying. But here's Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, he's out there eating grass. I mean, the, the, but that's the diet that God gave him. You see, when we're not willing to walk humbly in the ways of God, but we're proud in our own prosperity, God can make us paupers pretty quick. Yeah. So here's Nebuchadnezzar. He was unwilling to acknowledge God in the palace. So God says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to put you out here in this field and, you know, and I'm going to take your sanity away from you and you're just going to wander around and, and, and I'm just going to let you eat grass. Since you won't uh, acknowledge me and, and all the things that you have, I'm just going to put you out here until you're willing to acknowledge me and what you don't have. Yeah. So his prosperity was taken from him. I mean, and the thing about it is, he's out there eating what the animals eat, and he can't do anything about it. Not only can he not do anything about it, but he can't even complain. You see, his, his thought process is taken from him. Look in verse 33. Look where he's living. He's out in the fields. I mean, we talked about this last week. His bed was the fields. There's nothing to protect him from the elements. And as we mentioned a while ago, I mean, it was so hard on him for seven years. I've I watched those uh, the survival shows and stuff on on TV, and, and it is amazing. I watched the there's one I watched called Alone, and they just stick them out here, and they allow them to get like ten things they can take with them, and but they're out here in the elements. They got to fend for themselves with food. They've got to build their own shelter. But I'm telling you, there's some of them people out there that'll lose fifty to sixty pounds. In, in about 30 days. You know why? Don't have anything to eat. And they're out there and they're freezing half to death. I'm telling you, I wouldn't want to do it. But now they're out there. They chose to be out there. But Nebuchadnezzar didn't choose. He's out there. And because he's out there seven years, he lives a year after God gives him back his sanity. Um, look at his hair. I thought this was the hair and the nails kind of get me. Um, I, I don't have many hair, and y'all probably didn't notice, but I've seen some people with hair, and I don't know this for a fact, but I see people that have uh, dreadlocks. And my, I asked my wife, I said, How do they do that? And I think you just let your hair grow. I don't know that, but. But I mean, here's this guy out here, Nebuchadnezzar, and his hair's just growing. Seven years. He hadn't combed it. 
Now, I think personally hair is overrated. You know? I mean, you got you to gotta keep it. You got to dress it. You got to put hairspray on it, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, the best thing I ever did was when I cut my hair off. I mean, I, I like it. I don't have to mess with it. Well, Nebuchadnezzar evidently had hair. And if you look what the Bible says, it says that it became like bird's feathers. Now, think about it. His hair is matted. It's nasty. Um, it's probably got stuff in it. I don't know what kind of stuff, but whatever you can find on the ground is probably in it. And it's long. Can you know how long your? I don't. I don't know how long your hair gets over seven years. But I, when I think of that, I think about Samson. Uh, I mean, when he finally cut his hair, I mean, his hair literally was was in the pounds of hair. This guy didn't didn't he didn't do anything with his for seven years. Can you imagine how much it must have weighed with all that stuff in it? Birds feathers, bugs, just dirt and nasty. Listen, I'm telling you, seven years he's like that. But not just his hair, but his fingernails. Have you ever seen pictures of people who just let their fingernails grow and they just begin to curl out here like this? Now, I just cut mine today. I cannot stand my fingernail to get along. I, they hang on stuff, and you know, I mean, I don't like it. I don't even know. I always tell my girls, they're always going... They tell me, Daddy, I'm going to go get my fingernails done. And I say, well, that's fine. You go ahead. I say, but what's wrong with the ones you got? <laughs> you know, what's wrong with the ones God gave you? Oh, yeah, but I like, and they glue them on and all this kind of stuff. Now, that's fine if you want, but I mean, but these, this guy let his grow for seven years. And I've seen pictures of some of them guys, their fingernails are out here and they're all curled up and they're all brown looking and they've got stuffs, you know, under their fingernails. Have you ever seen a horse whose hoofs have grown to where they can't hardly walk? Can you imagine Nebuchadnezzar out here? His fingernails are grown. I mean, and the Bible says they're like bird's claws. This guy was nasty. I mean, but you know why he's out there? Pride. Pride. I mean, when I think, I, I got to thinking, people saw him. They knew he was the king. I mean, at one point, I, I mean, maybe at this time he's already changed so much they can't even recognize who he is. But I would imagine when he was first out there and they saw him out there running around acting like an animal, they thought, well, they'd say, hey, isn't that, isn't that King Nebuchadnezzar? I just saw him last month. I was walking by the palace and I saw him up on the balcony. Look, look where he's at. And I wonder what happened to him. Look at that. Isn't that so-and-so? I just thought they told me that they were a Christian and that they were a member of Central Park Baptist Church. What are they doing over there? What happened to them? Sin, pride, I mean, um, didn't they say they attended Central Park? You see what kind of uh, testimony you get? Listen, the world is willing to give you a testimony, yeah. yeah, even if you don't want it. 
You see, our, our physical beauty can be taken from us. But look in Psalm 96. Psalm chapter 96. Um, this is something that we need a whole lot more than physical beauty. Psalm 96 and 9. It says, the beauty of holiness. You know, when I got to thinking about that, I thought, what, you know, what's happened to being holy? You know, what's happened? We live in a world where we want to we be, uh, be church people on Sundays and Wednesdays, but Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we want to just do whatever we want. We want to live like we want, act like we want. Listen, be careful, because God may let you do that, and then you, you may forget about Sundays and Wednesdays. You know, we God help us to be holy. God even said, hey, be holy as I am holy. And if God didn't think we could do it, he wouldn't have said that. Well, I mean, God help us to be, well, whatever we are on Sundays and Wednesdays, let's be that the rest of the days. When people look at us, they'd say, man, I know that person. Man, they, they never miss church. Or, or, man, those guys are prayer warriors. Man, they, I see them reading their Bible all the time. What's wrong with that kind of testimony? Listen, but now Nebuchadnezzar, he's all out there. Man, he's lost everything. And I would imagine they're kind of making fun of him. Look in verse 34. And I like this because look what it says. Just the very first few words, it says, At the what? End of the days. Uh, I'm t- Verse 34 brings us right back into the first person. Okay? Um, but it says at the end. You know what it lets me know? That listen, if we get into something, if, if, if God brings us to a place where there's trials and sufferings, there's an end. There's an end. I'm thankful that one of these days, I think soon, there's going to be an end to all this. I'm thankful that God didn't put us down here and just leave us here and say, you know what? You just do the best you can and and maybe one of these days, no, wait a minute, God said, it's a, listen, one of these days, he said, I go away to prepare a place for you, and I will come again. It lets me know that one of these days, there's going to be an end to this. And this is all, listen, none of this will even be a memory. And well, it says at the end, in verse 34, uh, at the end of days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, Lifted up mine eyes to heaven. Now watch this. This is important. Nebuchadnezzar has his sanity back. And now he can report on his own. At the end of days. At the end of seven times. God had determined the time. And watch. And I mean God said how long it was going to be. And it was exactly that long. Listen. God's word is trustworthy. Alright. It's trustworthy. It says I Nebuchadnezzar lifted up mine eyes unto heaven. Now I can't help but notice this. And I want you to see it. That in the moment when the king was ready to acknowledge God. I mean, when the, at the moment he acknowledged him as the Most High, just like God said, at that moment, his reason t- came back. His sanity returned. Listen, when, uh, look what it says. Let me read it again. I want you to see it. It says, At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned. 
Listen, if, if, if we'll just acknowledge God, listen, I'm, I'm telling you, if we'll just acknowledge Him and say, Lord, I need some help, it is at that moment, then we'll get some help. When we look to heaven, the solving of our trials and troubles will gain God's help. But as long as we look down, as long as we do things our way, as long as we look to this flesh for wisdom, for strength, for our needs to be met, then there's going to be little hope for improvement. But when we start looking up toward God, that's when things change. I mean, when we acknowledge Him, you know, God, listen, He wants us to acknowledge Him. That's what He told Nebuchadnezzar, when you acknowledge me as the Most High, listen, I'm telling you, all we have to do is say, Lord... Be merciful to me, a sinner. Come into my heart. Listen, I'm telling you, that's the first and the, the most important place we could ever acknowledge him as if we're lost. So Nebuchadnezzar looks up and he acknowledges God. Um, and when we acknowledge him, his word, his will, when we put him first place in our lives, then and only then will we be on the road to recovery. Yeah, that's when everything starts. Um. And I don't think it's any accident or coincidence that at the end of days came when Nebuchadnezzar looked up. There's a, a lot of people today that are needlessly in um, the shackles of, of trials and tri tribulation and sufferings needlessly simply because they do not want to acknowledge God and where they are. Yeah. Look in verse 36. I mean, Nebuchadnezzar, he looks up. Well, let's read verse 35. It says, And all the inhabitants of, of the earth... Well, no, let's go back. He said in verse 34, He said, My understanding returned unto me. He went to the right place right off. If I'd spent seven years living like an animal, eating grass, and I stood and I looked in the mirror and I got my sanity back and I mean all my hair is all messed up and I'm doing this and my fingernails are about a foot long and, and, I, and I'm looking in the mirror at myself and I'm thinking, who is that guy? Listen, I've shown a testimony. I've shown my picture of my driver's license to my wife when I was 24 years old and she looked at me, looked at that and looked at me, looked at that and looked at me and she said, that's you? If I would have known you then, I would have never married you. And I said, praise the Lord for miracles. It lets me know that God can change us. He, he, no, he doesn't want us to stay as we are. He'll clean us up. Amen? Well, here's Nebuchadnezzar. Listen, he looked. He, I think he realized he was a, a nasty individual, but the first thing that he did was he praised God and thanked Him. Listen, if God made me go insane and then gave me back my sanity, I think that's the first thing I would do. He says, I praised and honored Him. That Notice, I mean... This is not the guy, uh, the words of an insane guy. This is, and I wrote this in my Bible right at the bottom. These are the words of a guy that's been to God's woodshed. I mean, God has worked him over. I got, I've gotten whoopings from my daddy before, and I'm telling you, before he got, ever got through, you know what I was saying? I'll never do it again. Don't no, please stop. I'll never do it again. I promise you won't have to worry about it anymore. 
That's exactly what Nebuchadnezzar is saying. He's saying that I praise and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. Listen, I'm telling you, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's got some wisdom now. Amen. Took him seven years to get it. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. I'm telling you. Uh, I mean, you say, well, how do we know he's not insane? Well, look what he's saying about God. Uh, he was restored to all the splendor and magnificence of his throne. Uh, but let me read on because there's something else I want you to see. It says that, uh, that, that uh, reputed as nothing, and he doeth. I mean, this is the guy that God made him go crazy, and he says, and he, God, doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand. You know, Nebuchadnezzar might be thinking back, man, I'm telling you, I remember that's the worst thing I could ever done, walked into the palace and said, look what I've done. Yeah, he says, and, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, what doest thou? At the same time, my reason returned unto me, and for the glory of my kingdom, mine honor and brightness returned unto me. My counselors and my lords sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and, and excellent majesty was added unto me. Now watch that. That's, that's important. Excellent majesty was added. If you go back and look at Job chapter 42, verse 12, and you read about Job, you remember Job, he lost everything that he had. But when God gave it back, he gave him more than what he had before. Same thing with Nebuchadnezzar. He said, excellent majesty was what? added in other words he didn't have that before listen i'm telling you uh, god takes care of us does he not but he lets us know listen i think sometimes when he gives us that little extra god said i'm just giving this to you just to let you know i'm the one that gave it you you didn't get that on your own you didn't have that before but i'm gonna i'm gonna just add some blessing to you just to let you know that i'm the one that got you out and i'm the one that blesses you so here you go so he added, when Nebuchadnezzar was crawling around like a beast, think about it, he wasn't respected or, or sought out for counsel, but now he is. Now they want to hear from him. And you know, when a, when a person gets their theology right about God, then they'll have some wisdom that they can give to others, and there'll be some other people that'll seek you out Amen. when you get your theology. Well, Nebuchadnezzar got his theology right. Took him seven years. He went to Bible school for seven years. But he finally got it right. Notice also it says he was established in his kingdom. Uh, when he got his reason back, he started to talk. And his, uh, his talk was a lot different than it had been before. I mean, before God's judgment, I'm telling you, he was walking around going, look what I did. Man, look what I built. I built this, man, Babylon is the great Babylon because of my work and man and my, and I've done all this with my own, look what I did. But now he's given all the glory and the credit to God. Yeah. His praise was, watch, on the most high, yeah, the king of heaven. All, all whose works are truth and his ways are judgment. And I like what he said. I think he just 
just to let you know where he's been. He says, oh, and by the way, those that walk in pride, like me, like I did, he is able to abase. Nebuchadnezzar says, I mean, he spends like four verses telling you about what God, you know, honoring and praising God. And he says, oh, by the way, he says, you know, if you walk in pride, God will fix you. You know, doesn't it, isn't it more realistic when, when, we, when we talk about something through experience? I mean, it's a little more real, isn't it? Uh, and I think sometimes people have a, more of a tendency to listen. Listen, no proud person is a match for God. None. And God proved it right here with Nebuchadnezzar. But man, some pride sure gets in our way sometimes. And man, I'm telling you, uh, it's a bad thing. It's an abomination to God. Uh, seven things does the Lord hate. One of them, pride. But can I encourage you? Listen, if, if 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 this old flesh keeps you from doing something and you know God wants you to do it, can I encourage you? Listen, uh, do it. Well, well, don't don't let God get out, get on you. Listen, I mean, if, if you'll get Nebuchadnezzar, we're nothing. I mean, he's no respecter of person. And God knows how to how to get the pride out of us, and He'll do it uh, to take care of us. Nebuchadnezzar, He came back, and God honored Him, blessed Him, and, and even gave Him more than what He had. But it took Him seven years to learn, and He only lasted a year after that. Uh, listen, if we learn the lesson that God wants us to learn, I think long before, then instead of only having a year to give back to God, maybe we could have six or seven. Maybe there's just a few weeks it'll take us to learn, and then we can use the rest of our days to bring honor and glory to God. Amen. Don't let pride get in your way. And all God's people can say, Amen. Amen. Father, help us. Lord, for just a moment here, in just a second, God, we're going to allow folks to come, and, and uh, Lord, just do business with you for a minute. And Lord, I think sometimes, God, we just need to...